0: Amen. Well, happy Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, So great to be able to gather with you. Uh, It really looked in doubt uh, a few days ago, but it's lovely uh, to have been able to spend carols with you last night uh, and then to join you again this morning. Uh, And hi to everyone in the overflows. So in the upper hall, in the function room and uh, out in the cafe, we have uh, clusters gathered. We can have 300 here on site. But also, Merry Christmas uh, to all you watching online. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Um, What I want you to do to begin with this morning is think about uh, what colour best captures the mood of our time. If you had to give a a colour to the mood of our time, what colour would you choose? Just have a quick word to the person next to you. What colour captures the mood of the time in which we live? Okay, you don't need too long. Any suggestions of a colour? Yeah. Grey. Oh, red, red, red. Okay, red. Close. Black. Navy blue. Sorry, muddy. (laughs) Okay, we'll look Each year, Pantone, I don't even know who Pantone is, but they have a lot to do with colours, yes? Um, So they announce the colour of the year, uh, and they kind of try to capture the mood of the time we're in, but also looking into the year ahead. So here's the big reveal. Uh, And as Pantone thought about the time in which we live, they couldn't just come up with one colour, they came up with two colours. And here they are, you ready? Um, The colour of the year... Ultimate grey and illuminating yellow. Uh, And let me read some of how they frame it up. Ultimate grey representing stark, even sometimes cold reality, the demand for rock-like resilience. And illuminating yellow representing vibrant hope, the optimistic promise of a sunshine-filled day. Uh, now, I've re- I actually been thinking about this for a while, you know, because I prepared this sermon before this morning. Uh, and I was thinking, I, I like these two colours. I, I think they do capture something of the time in which we live. But also, I reckon they're great Christmas colours. You know, I know traditionally red and green are good Christmas colours. I've decided grey and yellow are very good colours for Christmas. See, in the grey, gloomy realities of our world, a vibrant hope, a vibrant light has shone into our world, uh, bursting forth with the birth of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Uh, And what I want to do is take you on that sort of journey from grey to yellow, from gloom to hope, Uh, and I want to do it by taking you back to the ancient prophecies 700 years before Jesus was born. See, Jesus entered a gloomy, grey world, It it was captured by the prophet Isaiah in the Jewish scriptures, 700 years before Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. Now, Galilee was the location where Jesus himself grew up. Uh, And Galilee was on the northern edge of Israel. And whenever the enemies invaded the nation of Israel, they always invaded from the north. And so Galilee kind of was was a land living in fear, uncertainty, Uh, uncertain when the next invasion from the north would come. Here it's described as the land of gloom, darkness, fear of the enemy. And 700 years later, that was the world into which Jesus was born. You read the biographies of Jesus from the Bible, and he entered a world of sickness, uh, people spiritually oppressed, religious corruption, political corruption... War, division, religious exclusion, tragedy, and death. Uh, And as much as we want vibrant colour to be the character of our lives, so often the world in which we live has a gloomy grey hue as as clouds kind of uh, roll over us. Now, each year, the Aussie Macquarie Dictionary comes up with a word of the year. Right, We've done the colour of the year, but each year, the Aussie Dictionary Macquarie comes up with a word of the year. Any guesses what the word of 2020 is? Coronavirus? ISO? Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Yeah, wow. Yes. COVID. Yeah. All those are in the, in the ballpark uh, and all those featured in the worldwide survey. Let me tell you some of the words they came up with. Um, Some notable mentions were pyrocumulonimbus, which I had never heard before. Uh, But it's actually uh, a big cloud that forms over the top of a bushfire. And it just reminds us that the year started, even before coronavirus, with bushfires across the whole state. Uh, Here's another one, covidiot. And it's someone who refuses to follow health advice during a global pandemic, a COVID-idiot. Karen was also a notable... uh, And this is a middle-class woman who is entitled, condescending and racist. Um, Now, they were the notable mentions, but the winner was... Well, there's two winners. The first, Rona, uh, which is a very Aussie way of talking about coronavirus, so Rona, uh, and doom-scrolling, which, again, I hadn't heard of, but it makes perfect sense. That is... Our, our, our kind of addiction to news feeds, even when we find them upsetting or depressing or anxiety-inducing, we just can't kind of get enough uh, of social media and all that sort of stuff. Now, notice what all those words have in common. I didn't make them up. These are the words of the year. But you notice what they all have in common. There is a sense of gloom to all of them, fear, fear. Uh, And so often, that is our experience, especially as we look back on this year just gone. Sickness, anxiety, division, uh, death looms over us. Um, How have those things invaded your world this year? Because none of us have been immune from those things, have we? And for many of us, they've drawn very close. Our world is so often gloomy and grey, but Christmas is about Jesus bringing vibrant hope and light uh, to a weary, gloomy world. So notice the prophecy from Isaiah. Look at those key phrases. God promised that there would be no more gloom, an end to the gloomy grey. The people in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Uh, It is good news. Um, Hope is an essential ingredient to life. I don't know if you ever feel like you're stuck in a dark tunnel. Sometimes life can feel a little bit like that. I know I've had times in life where it just feels like I'm in a dark tunnel... And when you can't see light at the end of the tunnel, it is so hard to press on. When you can't see the kind of escape route, uh, it is just, it, it's is hard to push forward. But when you see a light at the end of the tunnel, there's a sense of it, it, it stirs you to keep pushing forward uh, because there's hope for a better day. Um, I, I tried to map this year kind of like a roller coaster. So here it is, hope to gloom. Uh, and I reckon the year started, you know, well, for me, it started pretty good. You know, I was looking, I, I'm always kind of optimistic at the start of a year, you know, a fresh start and so on. But then we came into coronavirus and, you know, our, we it became gloomy. Uh, and then we kind of suppressed the first wave. And there was a massive relief. And so there was kind of hope, wasn't there? <clears throat> then a second wave. And I wonder whether the second wave took us deeper into gloom. Because there's a feeling like, oh man, we're back where we were, even worse. And then we suppressed that, I think. Uh, and then there was a vaccine announced only about a month ago, an effective vaccine. And so there was a sense of, oh wow, we could pull out of this time and go back to normal life. Uh, and then what happened? And then we had like the Northern Beach Avalon cluster. And and so this is kind of where the years ended with a little trickle at the end. We don't kind of know exactly which way it's heading, but there is hope that one day we will come out of this. uh, You know, we're still holding out for a vaccine. But the problem is, even when the coronavirus is over, normal life is still full of grief, isn't it? Uh, look, I hate. Look, we have got good news, right, in the midst of all this, but normal life is full of grief. So, even before the coronavirus, you had the bushfires and the floods. Uh, and for many of us, uh, you know, grief has pulled very close to us this year. But Christmas is all about light and hope filling our world, filling each of our lives. So,. In 700 BC, God promised a special baby. Uh, A baby would be born who would grow up to rule the world in justice and peace forever. Look at this. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Of the greatness of his government, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. See, what we need in our world is a king and saviour who is more powerful than we are. We need a king and saviour who is more powerful than our enemies. Someone who can bring us safely through this life, safely through death, into eternal life. And 700 years before the birth of Jesus, God announced he was sending such a saviour king. Uh, And with the birth of Jesus, this king had been born. So it's interesting as you read the biographies of Jesus' life... Uh, Luke's gospel begins, you know, we heard it earlier, with the shepherds uh, and the angels kind of announcing to the shepherds a saviour has been born and they go and worship him in Bethlehem in the stable. Uh, Matthew's gospel begins with Mary and Joseph and the, the wise men travelling across the wilderness and they, come, they see the star uh, and they come and worship Jesus as the newborn king. But I want you to listen to how Luke's, uh, sorry, John's Gospel begins. Uh, John's Gospel begins like this. In him, in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into our world. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Because hope, light and life have flooded our world with the arrival of this King Jesus. He is powerful, compassionate, able to save us through his death on the cross, able to rule us in justice and righteousness forever, able to, as I say, safely bring us through this life, through death, Into his eternal kingdom. But I want to point out that ever since Jesus was born, there have been two responses. You kind of think, surely when the hope of the world bursts forth onto the stage of humanity, surely everyone will be so excited and overjoyed and welcome the light. But what we read. In the Bible is two responses some resist the light and some receive the light so firstly many resist the light of Jesus look at what John says the world did not recognize him his own did not receive him this is the verdict light has come into the world but people loved darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds may be exposed. It just seems kind of unthinkable, doesn't it? That the, the only hope of the human race has burst forth in all his light and splendor with all the, and it should produce joy in our hearts. But many people fail to recognize him. Many people outright refuse him. And you just think, what a tragedy. And the question is, why? Why would that happen? Uh, and, and to kind of think into this, I've, um, I've been thinking about uh, like this vaccine that's been um, announced recently to the coronavirus. And you know how it's kind of brought, for many of us, it's brought hope at the end of a gloomy year. Um, but it's interesting, even as the vaccine was announced... Lots of people are saying, no, no, I'm going to refuse to take the vaccine. Uh, And I want to explore with you just for a moment what reasons would people uh, give to refuse the vaccine? Um, So, well, let me give you a few. Uh, I think one of the motives is fear. That, you know, it could be as simple as I don't like needles, Uh, and so, uh, you know, I'd I'd rather not. Uh, Or, I don't trust the vaccine. So for some people, there's a fear that the cure may be worse than the disease. Uh, And I don't trust these pharmaceutical companies. And so I'm gonna let everyone else have the vaccine. They can be the guinea pigs, uh, but I'll I'll go without. Um, For some people, there's complacency. And that is, I've got nothing to fear from coronavirus. I'll be right. I'm sure I'll just be able to kind of cruise on through this. Or there's pride, and that is I can beat this thing myself. I don't need help uh, from someone else. I can do this myself. Um, now, what do you what do you do in this circumstance? Here's what I would recommend to anyone wrestling with: Do I take the vaccine or not? And that is, do your research. Look into it. Um, wh- is the virus a real threat? Now, you've got to weigh that up. Is the vaccine safe? Is the vaccine effective? Seems to me they're the, qu- they're the key questions to wrestle with. And you don't just want to take the opinion of your brother or your mum. So, you know, as, as good as she is, right? But you want to sort of think, I'm going to think into this. I want to th- I seriously consider it. Now... I want to come on to the more important question, that the bigger question is, what will you do with Jesus? Because God has said, my light has shone into our world. Uh, He is the hope of the world. He is the saviour and the king. And the question is, will you receive him or will you refuse him? And why would you refuse Jesus? I reckon it's the same kind of reasons. One reason might be fear uh, and the and kind of fear might be I've spent my life kind of hold, hiding my faults and my fear is that the light of Jesus might kind of expose me and I'd rather kind of keep hidden. Or if I surrender to Jesus as saviour and king, it might cost me. I might have to give up something that's dear to me and so some people keep him at arm's length because of that. Hold back. For some, I reckon for many Aussies, it's complacency. And that is, I I think I'll be right. I've been right up to this point in life and I just, I don't really think I need Jesus. Um, And linked to that is pride. I think I can navigate my own way through life and death and whatever lies in the future. But, I just want to say, this is where investigation comes in. We must do our research. What are the consequences of saying no to Jesus? What are the consequences of refusing him? You've got to weigh that up. Um, Can we really know the truth about Jesus? Are the Bible accounts reliable? Is Jesus really... The only hope for our world, and does following Jesus make a difference? Um, now, I just want to put out the challenge: if, if up till this point in your life you've kind of been keeping Jesus at a distance, refusing Him, why don't you decide today? I'm going to I'm going to find out the truth about Jesus. I'm going to investigate: is He real? Is the is are the consequences big, and is it really worthwhile following him? And don't just kind of dismiss it lightly, but actually, I'm going to put some thought into this. Now we do a we do a thing called the life series, and we're running it in about five weeks' time from the start of February, and it's a great way to go, to actually put aside six weeks, six, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a meal, we'll, you know, as long as we're allowed to give you a meal at that point, right? we'll give you a meal, it'll be a lovely environment, but it's an opportunity for you to kind of investigate, who is Jesus? Can we know the truth about him? Does he make a difference? And will I follow him myself? And uh, don't put it off for another year, we'd love you to join us in that investigation. Because many of us, have received the light and life and joy that Jesus brings. Listen to some of the reassurances that we receive. To all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Uh, It is so good to be embraced into the family of God The Father's loving arms. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. That's what's on offer, that's what's at stake. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but they will have the light of life. And I know many of you have heard these truths. You've recognised them, you believe them, and you've put your trust in Jesus. You've received him as your saviour and king. And for you, for us, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, Let me lead us in prayer before we sing our final song of praise. Let's pray. God our Father, we want to pray for our world, a weary world. Father, you know our world and in your love you have sent your Son to bring light and life and joy. Thank you that Jesus died for our sin. Thank you that he rose again, that he's opened up the door to eternal life for all who follow. Help each one of us to receive Jesus as our Saviour, our King, to trust the forgiveness he brings to trust his rule, his loving rule over our lives, to surrender to him. Help us each to find hope and confidence in the midst of this uncertain world through your son, the Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray for anyone here who remains sceptical or uncertain. Please stir in their hearts an openness, a willingness to investigate, to find out the truth, so that they too may experience your light and life and joy. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.